Howdy. Thanks for coming along. This is the Evening Chores Podcast, presented by Adobe Owl Ranch. We're located in the high desert of southeastern Arizona, and the goal of this podcast is to provide some insight and information regarding raising livestock and potentially gardening in the high desert environment we have here, the arid desert type environment, which doesn't get quite as dreadfully hot as, oh, say, Phoenix or the surface of the sun. I hope you enjoy it. Please listen in, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you. All right. Howdy, everybody, and good morning, which is not how I normally start these podcasts, I know, but that's what we're doing today. It's Oh, it's a little before 8 in the morning here, and I thought I'd try doing the podcast early today, so we're going to give this a try on the way in. <clears throat> Riding in in my trusty truck, which hopefully there's not too much background noise. I'm sure somebody will let me know if there is, and that's a hint, so if there's too much background noise... Let me know, and I'll work on getting some filter or something here. Anyway, so we are, I guess, most of the way into the week where I didn't have anything published because I was busy and forgot. I mean, I put in that little short, but that hardly counts now, does it? So thought I'd go over how the, the past week went. Well, I guess the past two weeks. And if you're a little pause, that's because I'm taking a sip of my delicious coffee on the way into work. So, I am pleased. I have two hogs. And, I mean, they weren't real big hogs. Let's see, we had one was 196 live weight. I think the other one was 135 live weight. And... They were in the same pan. I kind of felt bad uh, just taking one of them out of there and leaving the other one alone. So we went ahead and processed both of them. And first time doing scald and scrape. So everything generally went off without a hitch in the, the dispatching department. And we were then very, very glad to have a backhoe to lift it pretty heavy animal as far as, I mean, it wasn't heavy for a hog, but it's kind of hard to lift a 200-pound critter over a fence. So, pulled him out, using the backhoe, came over and commenced to scald and scrape. So that's a process by which you, uh, you heat up. In fact, I had two burners going. First day, I was very inefficient, by the way, so you know, if Adam happens to be listening, I'll apologize, but we it took a while to get everything together. I didn't have stuff as, I, as much as I hoped, but the after we got everything set up and ended up using a, like a rain barrel, like a 55-gallon barrel, like a pickle barrel, you'll see those used a lot of times, those blue, blue barrels, and it worked good for these hogs, couldn't use... Couldn't use that method on much of a bigger hog because they wouldn't fit through the opening. <clears throat> but we got the water heated up using some brewing equipment that I happen to have laying around. 
and we scalded that pig at, uh, I don't know, I, actually I can't tell you because I forgot to temp the water that day, but apparently the temp was about right because it came out, the hair about plum fell off of that one, although it's still a lot more work than I expected. And on a note on that, um, I know that, boy, his name is escaping me, but if you go to AmericanHotBox.com, he has a, he has a deep urine tool, which I may actually invest in. It goes on a drill, and uh, you supposedly that pulls it off pretty good. What I did for these was a couple, of, I don't know, a year and a half or two ago, I went on to eBay go in like the curios and relics and antiques which aren't actually antiques by the way but I guess they look like some folks I mean these aren't the I found a couple of bell scrapers which is what the I guess you'd say old timers but it's not like people ever stopped doing it and it kind of looks like uh, I don't know it looks like somebody forged a ball like a round a sphere, I guess, a better term than a ball, like a metal sphere, and then they cut off, oh, maybe, maybe a third of it. It didn't come all the way to a half, but somewhere between a third and a half. So if you were to, you know, you don't cut it along the equator, but maybe the, uh, what would that be, the, like, Tropic of Cancer, if you look at a globe, <clears throat> if you were to cut a globe in half along that line, that's roughly what that looks like. And it's got a, metal, a wooden handle attached to it. And that worked pretty good. You know, I'm not going to claim it's the best thing, but I think you'll always have to have them around if you're going to have... Uh, if you're planning to do this, because there's just some spots that you need to get to like that. <clears throat> so I got, I got those... Well, I got... Adam and I, between the two of us, we got the water heated up. We were going to use my hoist, but determined that that was an untenable situation because we couldn't lift the pig off. The, we didn't weigh enough at the angle that we were at to repeatedly dunk the pig into the water using the pulley system that I thought I was going to use. So ended up doing something else that worked out pretty well, actually. Just left it, uh, had a chain hooked to the... We use 550 cord for all you military folks. You know what that is. The rest of you, you might. I don't know. It's a real handy cord. So we use that uh, through the tendons. So, you know, right behind the, the trotters there on the hawks, or a, it's a trotter more properly on a pig, but the used it kind of a, it's kind of like a, sort of like using a wire needle. I don't to get the string through there, and then tied that off double thick, not for weight purpose, but for chafing purposes. So you know, because sometimes the chain can be kind of hard on a, on a cotton. I think it's cotton. I don't know, whatever cloth string like that, nylon. I guess now I think about it. So had those through, doubled up. I'll say what I think works better than what we did the first time is. The second hog, we we just kind of gave it a little bracelet, so in half it was through that tendon area. But so there were each 
each leg had its own attachment point and they weren't hooked together. And that seemed to work better to me. And then from there, hooked those together, hooked it to a chain which was attached to the, the lifting point on my bucket on that backhoe and proceeded to dunk the pig up and down a few times. You know, most, mostly it's still in that water, but you kind of want to get some motion to make sure that the water is reaching the, the follicle, as I understand it. I know that's kind of how it works with turkeys. If you just dump them in there, they don't actually do what it is that you want done. So you got to keep them moving. And then we pulled them out. Now the first one we scraped vertically, so just hanging below the, the bucket of the backhoe. And yes, I did have the safety engaged on that because you don't want to stand under an implement that is not does not have the safeties engaged. So that a mechanical means of holding the bucket up if the hydraulics were to fail suddenly. So the scraping on that one, it went pretty well. Uh, it was first time that we'd ever scraped a hog, so it was a learning experience, getting the, kind of a pattern to how you want to do it. And found out that I don't like to do it in a vertical position because you're you don't use those muscles very much. You know, scraping something up and down, I mean, like, kind of the same muscles that, you know, for all you folks that are painters or farm kids, that if you ever scraped a wall, you know, that scrape the paint off a wall, it's kind of that motion. It doesn't take too long for that to get real old. So we scraped that in that way. And then the next one, I flipped the backhoe around so I could hook onto it with the back, you know, the, I guess the, the hoe part of the backhoe so that you know the shovel on the back of it and <clears throat> so then we could lay it on a table and scrape which seemed like it worked better as far as angle now that water I don't think was hot enough so it didn't scrape as as well but the the point of pulling it out and putting it on the table that seemed to work a lot better to me so we got them all well we got the Back, back to the first one, we got that pig scraped down uh, and eviscerated, so that, that's the, I guess, the technical term for gutting. You know, you'll hear that in, a, in different circles, you know, like hunting. They'll, they'll just talk about, the, well, I just gutted it out right there. But the proper term for that, as I understand it, is evisceration. So we got pig properly eviscerated pulled out the, uh, so there's a difference in eviscerating a male and a, a female hog, which I guess I should, I don't know if I got a video of that or not, but if you are very interested in how to properly eviscerate a hog, well, I say properly, if you want to know how to do it, you can hit me up and I'll happily talk you through the whole process. I don't know if I'm going to go through it here. So got that then I want to say on that hog what, what did we do I think we just cleaned that and up and tossed it in the cooler and I don't yeah we didn't do any uh, there wasn't any oh cutting of meat that day we just got it everything cleaned up as it 
ought to be and and put in and then we had that hog carcass in a cooler completely covered in ice and that worked out pretty good actually <clears throat> it, it fit in the cooler which is sometimes a problem but this one actually fit now we didn't have to take the trotters off but that's okay that happens a fair bit as well so lid wouldn't close otherwise but we've got a whole hog in that cooler completely covered in ice and including you always want to make sure that you put ice in the cavity of the of the hog or any animal to cool it down because you want to cool it from the inside and the outside and that pig got cooled down real quick um, after that it took us a while to get there but i was not i wasn't concerned because it was it was warm but we were working quick enough um, i've seen it go a lot slower so that that one worked out pretty okay i thought All right, so on to the second pig. We that so the first pig we we stopped with that day, and it was by the time I got everything around, I didn't have stuff as I previously said. I didn't have stuff together enough. So by the time we got done with that first one, it was too late to really start the second one and be, I guess comfortable with it and we didn't want to push ourselves and we didn't want anything to go you know too off so we just got stuff cleaned up that first day came back the second day and got started on that second hug and one thing I'll say is I should have started my I keep trying to say strike water because that's the water in brewing but I should have should have started my scald water an awful lot earlier and just, you know, maybe gone out like 5.30 in the morning and just started heating water and putting it in the, in our barrel. Because that was the big hindrance the second day, was the water wasn't heating up enough. It wasn't, and we didn't have enough of it. So, it, I mean, it, it ended up working out but it's not how I would have liked it. It just took way too long. So, so that's how the, the, the big deal on the second day was that the, you know, we had to get this water heated up. We kind of had the process down for everything else, although I did modify a couple of details. So on the first day I was using the boom, so the bucket on the front of the, the backhoe to, to do this. And on the second day, I got to thinking about it, and I used the the backhoe, which I think I might have said earlier, actually. I used the, the part on the back. I used, you know, the, the shovel, I guess. I don't know what, I never really thought about it, because the hoe part on the back of the backhoe. And got a chain on that. And that, actually, I think it worked quite a bit better, because then I could lay the hog out on the table. And we weren't working under a, a boom, because there isn't a safety of the same kind on those uh, on, on that type of a boom like there is in the front. So I wouldn't have worked under that one anyway, but I, I didn't have to because then I, I got a longer chain or I used more of the chain so I could dunk the, the hog in there and then I could lay it out on the table 
mostly, you know, with, with help from Adam was holding on to the other end of the, the hog to keep it from sliding off, and then I'd just lay it down on the table and put the boom by the table, and then we'd go back to to uh, scraping. And that hog's a lot smaller, like I said at the beginning, it's 135 pounds, so it was a lot easier to deal with, but the hair was stuck in a whole lot more, too. So between the problem of the um, between the problem of not getting the water hot enough or not having enough of it, I'm not actually sure which it was. Because maybe I had I had water at 155 degrees and it didn't seem like that was doing it. And I'm not sure exactly why. So I know it was hotter the day before, so I think we'll go back to that and that skin the or the not the skin the hair came off a whole lot easier the first day. But we got it done. And we got that pig all scraped off and then eviscerated and then into the cooler as well. Same as the other one, different cooler, of course, and completely covered that in ice as well. And the only odd thing on that one, which I can't remember if I said earlier or not, was so on the first, first hog we used a... I want to say it was a 380, because I, I didn't want to use a, a 22. I don't actually think that that's, I think you got to be too accurate with that. Sometimes it can go wrong, so I don't like to do that. And probably would have been okay on these pegs because they're pretty small. But at any rate, so he had a 380, so we used that. And I liked the way that worked out. It's a, if you don't know anything about bullets, I can explain the, the whole operation to you. I don't have a 380, so I, I don't know. I'm thinking about what I ought to get. Maybe it. Anyway, I'll talk about that in a minute. So we used the 380 on the first one. It was a bigger pig, and it worked perfect. And on the second one, we used a 9 mil. And that was, I think, a little too much gun, because we had we had overpenetration, and I lost. I mean, it wasn't much meat. It was probably a, I don't know, maybe a pound. But I don't even think it was a pound of meat that was lost. But I still, you know, I don't like any loss. And then I had kind of a funny cut, you know, with a hole in it that I had to carve out there. So the I don't think I'm probably going to use a 9 mil unless it's a much bigger animal. I'm thinking, I've got a 17, but I'm thinking that might be a little too fast. I think it might get over, might get over penetration on that. I don't know, though. And so maybe I'll go for a, uh, I would say a 38, but I have no real use for a 38 other than this. Something a little bit slower, though, is the deal, or a little bit lighter but bigger than a 22 so we'll see we'll get get there on that or i probably ought to just invest in a one of the cap it's a captive bolt gun is commonly used and maybe i just ought to invest in that deal but then you know i kind of i don't know on the captive bolt gun I, one thing costs money and i'm kind of cheap and already got guns and the 
other thing is that you got to actually hold it on. As I understand, you actually have to hold it on the spot on the pig. And I'm not sure how they'd go for that sometimes. Because, you know, they, pigs in general don't like to be touched, even if they're real tame. A lot of times they don't want to be touched. So, I don't know. We'll see. Well, if, if any of you are you know, pig producers, go ahead and let me know if it's worth it, I guess. And if so, I'll probably jump for it. And But anyway, so that's what that ended up being. We got the... Probably not going to use 9 mil on a hog that small anymore. But all in all, it worked out. I didn't have any glaring issues. And, you know, it was a harder scrape on the second hog. And it was a little bit more... I think it actually took longer to scrape the second hog than it did the first one, even though it was quite a bit smaller. Then the last, so that was the, after we got it scraped and, and eviscerated and, and everything cleaned up and put in the, in the cooler and covered in ice, that was pretty much the end of that day. And I just set to get in my, and I can't remember if I, I might have done this before, got my butcher room set up, I can't remember. <clears throat> I know it wasn't completely used because I used that same table inside, or it wasn't completely set up. So I got my butcher room put together, and you know, I got my grinder. I got a whole bunch of video of, of this section, so I'll try to get that stitched together, but it's, it's hours and hours I'm going to have to cut down. So it, you know, that worked out. Luckily, it was a real cold, well, for here. It, the temperature in the shop while I was working always hovered right around, I don't know, between 35 and 40. So, you know, I was keeping all the meat on ice, and then it, from there, I went to, you know, just working on it on a table, but it wasn't, it wasn't really warming up any there, so I didn't have to, you know, it was pretty easy to keep things cold, and I just went to, went at it cutting the, you know, cutting the meat, so I'm not sure how interesting any of this is to listen to, but I know that it is not super exciting to listen to me talk about how I took out some chops and loins and different things like that, so... The, uh, I'll try to get some of that up on, on a video. And I'm trying to remember this back a week, so I apologize for the delays and the stutters. But I think as far as... I mean, I guess we'll fast forward through the meat cutting part. And I, I tried making sausage, and I immediately determined I need a sausage stuffer if I'm going to do that. Because I'm, I'm relatively sure that I broke the sausage. If you ever have heard that term, it, I don't know, it kind of, it's hard for me to describe what it did, but it kind of emulsified together, which makes an interesting sausage to me, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people won't like it. Or maybe, you know, they wouldn't care for the texture, maybe. To me, it just is kind of like a giant hot dog, but that's not what I was going for, so I'm going to get a sausage stuffer. My 
meat grinder worked amazing. It, I mean, it's, so I've got, a, over the holidays, I sent off for a meat brand, so it's just that, you know, it's meat with an exclamation point. I think it's meat your maker, and I don't get paid to, to advertise for them. Although I would, because it really worked out. So the, I got the one and a half horse, I think it's a number 32 grinder, and that thing, boy, it really powered through. I thought, well, I'm, you know, I, I had kind of pre, I didn't, I don't think that this is how I'm going to do it the next time, but I had kind of put all of my meat into strips that I was going to grind, and which works pretty good as far as grinding meat. You can, then you can just kind of put the strips down in there and they suck through, you know, as soon as it touches the auger in there, at least have a rifled head. So it really, it pulled it through real quick. In fact, I couldn't keep up with it. With the, I think the hopper design is wrong because you need to be able to get meat into the thing faster. And the first grind went really good. I think it was a four and a half millimeter plate that I was using, and it came out great. And I, I only had about 15 pounds of, I guess you know, trimmings, because I had a lot of roasts and things like that that I wasn't too concerned with them being real squared off. The way you know, if you're making chops, you end up with more waste a lot of times. I think. You know, chops and steaks and things. You have all the offcuts. <clears throat> so I had about 15 pounds of trimmed off, you know, trim, I guess is just what you call it, trimmed off meat there and, and fat. And so I ran it through the grinder. It worked really good going through. And then I thought, well, I'll just spice some of this up. So I got my sausage spices out and I mixed a bunch of it in. Then I put it back through that grinder with the sausage stuffing tube on it, and it came out as kind of a paste <laughs> into the thing. So it's kind of, forget, I'm trying to think, yeah, I think it's like a, a vice burst, maybe. I, it, you know, those white sausages you get, the German white sausages, it kind of came out that way as far as the way it looked. I mean, that's not, it was supposed to be an Italian sausage, which is the part that's kind of annoying to me because that's not how it ended up. But <clears throat> taste is fine. I, you know, I, I got you know, the, the mixture, I think, is okay as far as my spices and the amount of spice to the meat. But I just didn't get enough. I'm going to have to grind it different next time. Or either, either I'll put it through the big plate so I think it's uh, like maybe a 10 millimeter plate, or it's, yeah, I can't remember. It's a 10 millimeter plate or something around that. So I might do that twice and try stuffing it that way. I don't think that's going to work either. My thought the next time is that I will just put, I'll cube all the meat up, spice it all real good, get the fat mixed in properly and then run it through straight into the casings. And I think that may actually work really good for kind of a coarse sausage. Probably try that, you know, putting it, I'll probably try grinding it through the bigger plate 
the next time. Because this time, what I did actually was I put it through the small plate, and then there's a stuffer plate, which you know it just has a couple of holes in it, look like giant kidney beans, and that worked really good at first, and then it just immediately fell to that kind of pasty thing. <clears throat> and then if that doesn't I'll probably try that on some ground meat that I've got just to see how it works out. And if that doesn't work, then I will move to the, I'll just go ahead and, and buy myself a sausage stuffer because I really enjoy making sausage and I, I like having the control that you have over all the ingredients and you can choose, you know, just pretty much anything when you're putting it in there. So especially when you're making it for your own house. You know, you don't have the same restrictions. If you wanted to make, like, a really, you know, like a, like a breakfast sausage with a lot of other ingredients in it, you can do that. Whereas if, when you're trying to sell it, it changes the category sometimes of what you're selling. It, you know, it depends on the what your contents are by weight. I think it's by weight. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I looked at this. Because I don't sell anything retail. You know? So, <clears throat> but I, I, I just anticipate buying a big sausage stuffer. And it'll be fine. Because it's kind of a pain getting meat to go back through a grinder the second time anyway. Especially when you're trying to get it, when you're trying to feed it through with one hand. You know, you're trying to stomp the meat into the, to the, it doesn't, it doesn't fall in the second time, right? Because it's all stuck together. So when you're trying to force meat into the auger or into the, you know, that whatever the chute that goes down to the auger is, while you're also trying to determine how much meat will go into the each, you know, into the casings, which is another thing. So I was using the, I don't know, like the created casings, I guess, the extruded collagen casings. Which stuff really nice. And boy, they don't cook the same. I didn't. I actually had one sausage. The casing came off of it after it was completely chilled down. And when I was cutting them apart, one of them just came completely apart. And so I, I cooked it that way because it held its shape. And that actually worked better, I think, than some of the other ones. So they have a tendency to burst real bad. So um, back to natural casings, I think for me, I think if you were putting them in like for snack sticks or something like that, those, those collagen casings would work real good, but not for what I'm trying to do. So we're going to re revisit that at some future point and we will see how how that goes. Excuse me. Why? I anticipate though getting a stuffer. I think I saw somebody made a stuffer mixer combo, so I might get that too. It'd be kind of nice to not have to mix it. <clears throat> if not, I'm sure. In fact, they may make a mixer a mixer that goes on the front of my grinder base you know so you get that you get a horse and a half motor there and then you know there's other attachments that you can put on there a lot of times 
but so the grinder worked real good vacuum sealer worked good um, I actually cut that second hog I made it into it I boned it out entirely so everything I mean, from the you know the spine down you know I guess I don't know that's probably the best way to say it when I was done with it there wasn't anything there was no bone anywhere on that carcass and I took it from there and then I halved it so I, I boned it as a whole carcass and then I took right down the middle I cut it in half and put started trimming until I could exactly roll it so this is a skin on half boneless and I put it in a then I rolled it and tied it and when I was done rolling and tying it then I put it in a uh, a vacuum bag and it actually vacuum sealed down real nice I didn't have any complaints at all with the way that it vacuum sealed so it was I think 34 inches long or something like that and when I uh, it just fit in the cooler because you know it kind of stretched out a little bit whenever I was putting the you know, by the time you're getting it all tied together and everything and that's gonna be my roasting hog I'm really looking forward to putting that into I've got an idea to I'm gonna probably it's going to be roasted underground I think is my theory on that I haven't decided quite exactly how yet but I think that's what I'm gonna do and so as far as stuff I recommend I'd say get your Knives. Oh, I had. A, I got one of those work sharp Ken Onion Edition sharpeners. Those were worth it, by the way. And so I had real sharp knives, which always makes it easier. Then when, so that I recommend that. I recommend going and getting a big roll of butcher paper. Some things you can't vacuum seal unless they're wrapped. So like ribs, if you don't wrap them up first, they will puncture the vacuum bag. And the same with. Uh, I had a bone in. I can't remember if it was a ham or a, a butt now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I had a bone in, and it didn't at all work out if you don't have that paper on it. you got to cover it in paper, and then, so, the, you know, that sharp edge, you just roll it over a couple of, you know, roll over a couple of pieces of that butcher paper, and then it doesn't puncture the seal on your, on your vacuum bag. Some other stuff I didn't even, I just wrapped, you know, stuff I was going to take inside real quick, and the butcher paper is real handy for that as well. I need to get a tape dispenser, though. I forgot to get that, so kind of a, a bummer on that deal. But I recommend that. So sharp knives, good vacuum sealer, uh, butcher paper, get a good stout grinder. Don't don't even bother getting one of those uh, cheap garbagey grinder because it won't work out. <clears throat> Uh, just you, it's more more of a fight than it's worth, but the good ones are worth it. 
So, let's see, I used that stuff. I got a couple of big cutting boards off of, I think I actually got them from Amazon. Either Amazon or eBay, I don't remember. And one of them, I think, is an inch thick, and the other one's a half inch thick. And I don't think the inch thick, I don't think I need it for what I'm doing, because I'm not doing a lot of chopping. But I would, I think I'm going to get another one of those half inch thick, so then it's a whole... Uh, you could lay the whole hog out on two of them. Because the one I've got, I think it's 18 by 32 or 20 by 36, something like that. It's a good size cutting board. So I definitely recommend that. Oh, the knives I use, they're all Victorinox. I got those on eBay, as I think I've said before. And aside from that, just having... You know, your safety equipment, I wear a chainmail apron underneath a, real, a regular, like a butcher's apron. So you can grab a hold of stuff and hold on to it without getting it dirty or you dirty. And then the chainmail, that just helps you uh, stay safer. Also, it has a tendency, mine has a tendency to stain clothes. Uh, and just, you know, it kind of leaves a, I don't know, I, I always wear an apron over it. But I think it's just all that metal moving together. It just makes really fine. You get you get a kind of a pattern on your clothes after you wear it for eight hours. And maybe mine's just not good. I don't know. But it doesn't touch the meat, so I'm not worried about that. It does have a tendency to keep you cool. So, because it, if it's cold in there, I think it's one of those things. If it's cold in the room you're in, that thing's going to make you colder. And if it's hot, it's going to make it hotter. Because you are wearing more weight. and But the chain mail is like wearing a big radiator so it sucks the heat out pretty bad so one thing I found that helped with that is I, I had a pair of like rubber dipped cotton gloves you know where the back is cotton and the rest of it's rubber so I had those on I put those on and then I put a thick pair of rubber gloves over the top of those because I got to where I couldn't feel my fingers after I was working on this meat for a few hours <clears throat> but like I said, that insulation deal, that worked, helped out a lot. And let's see, what else did I have going on? Lots of coolers, of course. I'm going to have lots of ice. Ice machine, I'm going to buy one of those. It's worth it, I think. Because I uh, otherwise have not enough, uh, not enough ice capacity. I ended up buying a lot of ice for this one, which I don't like. And... I think that was pretty much it. A meat hook comes in real handy. I didn't have mine this time because I actually kind of bent it last time. I, need, I might have somewhat have used it. But I'm going to get more another couple of meat hooks because it's handy to be able to grab a hold of something and actually hold on to it. As far as outside stuff, some 550 cord, a chain, a backhoe, or some kind of tractor comes in real handy. <clears throat> Uh, having some friends around is definitely worth it. I think that's pretty much it. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll remember something else, but nothing's jumping to mind at the moment. So I'm going to close it down. I appreciate you listening. This is a really long podcast. I know I've been going on for I don't know, like 45 minutes now. So I may no, no it'll go out as one episode. I'm sure. Anyway, I appreciate you listening, and I'm more than happy if somebody's interested in how you do this or they just want to chat about how I got it done. 
I'm just kind of a, a jump in and figure things out kind of guy. So we, so I got it, got it figured out. I'm not sure it's the best way, but glad to talk through what happened with anybody else in more detail. Because I'm kind of, I'm dropping like three or four days worth of information into 45 minutes, and I'm sure I'm leaving out some valuable points at some point. <clears throat> but I appreciate you listening, and I will catch up with you next week. Thanks. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I appreciate you listening all the way through like this. And if you would, please share it out. You know, you can go right to the website. You can get the URL there if you're into the RSS sort of a thing. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify, you know, Amazon Podcast. There's all, it's all kinds of places. Oh, look at that. I just got caught a pig sleeping in the feeder. They're crazy animals. It's it's a sleepy world here. Anyway, please go to those places, rate, subscribe, share. That helps the, the reach of the podcast. And, you know, it's nice to, on my end, I'll be honest, it's a little bit selfish for me, but it's it's nice to know that I'm not just speaking into the abyss. Somebody's actually listening. So if you want to send a comment, actually if you want to send a comment that's more individualized, you can send it to eveningchores at gmail.com, and I'll get it that way. I appreciate you listening. Thanks, and good night.